You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B. And we are on with Locked and Loaded today, a gun show. (laughs) I'm going to do my own sound effects. (laughs) Today we're going to go over a couple of things. We're going to start off. There's the uh, shooting at the synagogue in California, of all places. Imagine that. A shooting in California where nobody is allowed to have a gun. Imagine a place that's gun-free. Yeah. How'd that work? Oh, it's not gun free. It's uh, it's it's um, law abiding citizen gun free. The criminals. Oh, there we go. There it is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this this to me is just an amazing example of how people are not allowed to have guns who need them the most. The people who are in high crime areas and where criminals face no repercussions or high crime targets. I mean, what is known as soft targets. Uh, which a church, synagogue, mosque, uh, these places that are uh, where people actually advertise these are gun-free zones. You know, these, right. are, these are high in targets. You know, if gun-free zones worked so well, why don't people who don't like guns put a gun-free zone sign in front of their own houses? Hey, amen to that. I've asked uh, Democrats before, even when I was running for Congress, if they believe so much in uh, anti-gunness, then put up a sign in their yard. That says uh, this is a gun-free house. Yeah, they don't believe in walls. They don't believe in guns. But yet, at all their houses, they have walls and they have armed security guards. So how can you say you don't believe in something and still have it? I guess they mean they don't believe in it for the peasants that they have to rule over. Well, you know what I always say. Socialism is for the people, not for the socialist. So you, me, and all these, uh, all the Americans out in, in running everyday life, we are the peasants. And the Washington elite, well, that's just what they think they are, the elitists. Yes, the Bernie Sanders, the socialist. He's out there. Feel the burn. You know, I, I hear Biden came up with a new slogan now. He goes, you don't feel the Biden. The Biden feels you. <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? That's why oh. I call him Joe Bite Me. <laughs> Joe Bite Me, Joe Lick Me, whatever. <laughs> But uh, it's funny because they talk about, oh, well, you know, the gun owners have to compromise on these uh, these gun control issues. Well, now, when I say compromise, don't you think of, okay, you get something, you give something, you work out a deal. But what's happening is they're just taking more and more rights away and not giving anything in return. Why don't you give law-abiding citizens a federal carry permit? They can carry a gun anywhere in the United States this way. Or even, you know, get rid of the... Uh, the 1934 Gun Control Act with the, with the suppressor, so you can have the Hearing Protection Act come through, which means you can go shoot a gun outside or even at a range and use a suppressor to protect your hearing. You know, that would be a compromise. Get something in exchange for giving up bump stocks or letting these red flag laws go crazy all over the country now. Well, I, I wouldn't hold your breath, but uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Roger, because we should be fighting uh, red flag laws everywhere oh my god it's 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 so medieval just point oh she's a witch yeah let's take her guns away yeah we basically that's a good point roger we're going back to the salem salem witch trials which it'll, it'll be the second amendment trials well let's see now didn't they do that with donald trump russian collusion russian collusion <laughs> everything was russian collusion for months they find out there's nothing there uh, months, and they're still years. and they're still scratching their heads going well it's got to be there somewhere no it's there well look at the he's a witch Pencil neck shift 
And that moron up in New York, uh, I'm going to forget his name right now. You're going to be uh, – you're way too broad for that one. Yeah, Morning in New York is a, a bit of a broad term that's there. A, that's a good point. But, uh, yeah, these guys are – I mean, it just – uh, it's frustrating, but, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, let's get on to some more locked and loaded stuff. Okay, well, you know, like I said, the synagogue shooting. I wanted to talk about this for a minute. It was unbelievable that this happened because you would think that in America where there's so much tolerance for all races and all religions that, you know, people wouldn't go around shooting up a, a religious house. But apparently it did. And uh, I actually have here, I have a copy of a first-hand account from Rabbi Goldstein, who was the rabbi of the synagogue where this whole event happened. And it happened on the third day of Passover, where they were going to read the Torah for the, or the last day of Passover. I'm sorry. They, the last day, not the third day. Wrong holiday. April 27th, the last <clears throat> day of Passover. But he said they were, come, they were getting ready to go into the synagogue, start praying. He turned around to go to the banquet hall to wash his hands and that's when he heard the first shot. And he said he instinctively turned around to see what was going on, and he came face to face with, in his words, this terrorist, this murderer, this evil human being standing there. And he was in position which, with his rifle aimed right at the rabbi. And that's when Goldstein lifted his hands up to protect his face, just instinctually, I guess. And the gun, gunman shot several rounds, which destroyed one of his right fingers and damaged his left hand. Now, unbeknownst to him at the time, it also, a, a congregant named Lori Kay jumped in the way of the gunman, the gunman to try and protect the rabbi. And eventually, at the end, she ended up losing her life in this selfless act. Now, you just wonder, what if someone had been there who had had a gun? Would they have been able to stop him if they were there? Now, he continued shooting. However, a former Navy officer saw this and had no weapon but went charging at him yelling screaming at him threatening him and apparently that scared him so much he dropped his weapon and ran outside with the navy officer in pursuit well he did and when he you know i, I talked about this earlier and when he took off running uh you know the oscar stewart was the he's a navy navy veteran and an army veteran and he uh he, I can't say exactly what he said. He can tell both jokes. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> but in his pursuit, while he was yelling, he was telling this guy a couple of expletives. Let's just. Oh yeah, he was threatening. Uh, he said, "I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You're as good as dead. Uh, you wait till I get a hold of you." And apparently, his threats were valid enough to where this guy dropped the weapon and ran out of the the synagogue. Oh, he did. So it worked. It did. But meanwhile, he turned the, the rabbi turned around, realized there was an active shooting going on. He found a towel somewhere, wrapped his hand up because his, apparently his hand was bleeding profusely, and he was still trying to help everybody get out and uh, warn everybody of what was going on. But miraculously, being in a place of worship, you say that word, you don't take it lightly, that his gun jammed. And there was a border patrol agent who had recently discovered his Judaism. And as soon as he heard the commotion, he was able to get access to a gun and run, af run after the shooter, who got away by car. But he did get a few rounds off on the car before he got away. And fortunately, the police were able to apprehend him 
right afterwards. So it didn't last terribly long. And that's when Rabbi Goldstein came back into the building, found Lori Kay dead, and her husband passed out beside her. And he saw the congregation huddled in fear. And at this point, he knew, even though he was shot in his left hand and his finger was blown off her right hand, he knew his job at this point was to comfort these people, make them unafraid again, make them stand up, move on with their lives. Because the only way terrorism works is if you become terrified and you change what you do. You don't do, don't run your normal routine. You're afraid to go outside. You're afraid to go to church or synagogue. If you're afraid, the terrorists win, and we cannot let terrorists win at any cost. So he went back in in front of his congregation, stood up on a chair with his hand bleeding through the towel, and told them loudly, nothing is going to take us down. This is what we live with. We're going to stand tall. We're going to stand proud of our heritage. We're going to come through this. And the paramedics came in trying to take him down, but he said, I'm not leaving until everyone is accounted for. So, you know, he, you know, as much as people call him a hero, he claims Lori Kay was the biggest hero and the Navy veteran as well for helping stop the shooting and Lori who gave her life to save the rabbi's life. So he's saying, everybody, go to your place of worship this week. Do not be afraid. Do not stand down. Do not give up. You know, don't let the terrorists win. We cannot let that happen or else, you know, we've lost the entire battle. Once they terrorize people into changing what they do, they, they've won. You know, what was awesome is uh, Stuart, uh, in an interview with the media afterwards, uh, he, he didn't hesitate to tell the media, this is what can happen when a citizen has a gun. And he was speaking of the Border Patrol agent who... Right. Who but unfortunately, the only the law enforcement was allowed to have something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Well, if the Navy veteran was allowed to carry a weapon, which he probably isn't in California because they are a non-issue state as far as carry permits. Well, they're a communist state. Well, we're going to get into carry <laughs> permits later and just making that decision on your own. That's as something I want to discuss. Live in California or New Jersey or New York or, or Chicago, Maryland. Yeah, there's a bunch Maybe. of places where they're non-issue states. Yep. I mean, I heard another story I found. After reading this, I thought, you know, are things getting worse, or is this an isolated event? And according to a former CIA officer, Kevin Ship, he's warning that leftist violence is Ship? going to get Did very— Did you say Ship? Ship, yes. <laughs> Just no, checking. Not pencil neck, no. <laughs> but he seems to think that in the next two years, with President Trump— in office and them not getting the Russian collusion, not getting the, I guess, the impeachment that they were wanting and looking for, he thinks the left is going to become very, very violent. They're going to plan many more terrorist attacks. Even though they think they're fighting against fascism, they're using fascist techniques to do it. I understand how that logic works. Well, because when you're a brainless and head full of mush that you've learned from government schools, and you're told, hey, put on a mask and shout down other people's free speech and call yourself Antifa, people will think you're fighting fascism. Yeah, he actually mentions Antifa. Now, just to get this guy's credentials, he was a former manager of a high-risk counterterrorism center, protective operations with the CIA. So this guy probably knows what he's talking about. He's got information that very few other people have had access to. And one of the things that he predicts is going to spur on these attacks or spur on this violence is that there's going to be arrests of deep state figures 
after this collusion to have a coup on a sitting president comes to light. And once that information starts getting out and they start going after these high-seated politicians or high-seated people in the United States, because let's think now, Hillary and Obama, no longer politicians in any form, but because they have served, they, they seem to be untouchable. But it would be interesting to see. Now, I doubt any anybody's really going to go to jail for this. He seems to think otherwise. He seems to think there's enough evidence to start arresting some of these high-seated former politicians. Because it, it was a conspiracy. This was a coup. I mean, there was criminal activity that took place. These people need to be indicted, charged, and put in prison. And if they're not, then our Constitution is nothing more than a piece of paper. It means nothing. Now, he also mentions that the ongoing civil war within the government, which is what he called it, and I have not said that. He said this is because of the Marxist movement within the DNC that is taking control of the party right now. Now, I know there's a lot of Democrats out there who don't agree with everything your party does. Same with Republicans. There's probably a lot of us or or a lot of uh, the Republicans who don't agree with everything the Republicans are doing. And that's fine. That's the whole idea. This country was founded on freedom. And the freedom to make a decision is the biggest one of all. And to think, you mean uh, actually have individual thoughts? Right, exactly. I mean, that's what schools are no longer teaching. Go with the crowd. Do what you're told. This sounds like a form of slavery to me. Don't think for yourself. Just do what you're told to do. And everything will come out all right. Yeah, they don't want you to think. They don't want you to question anything. This whole country was founded on questioning people who were doing wrong. And if we stop doing that, we're going to become no better than all these other socialist countries. And then there's nowhere left to run. That's right, because there's no other country that has the freedoms that we have. (laughs) And another quick thing, he said after he predicts Trump will win the 2020 election, and that that'll just cause the violence to increase. All right, we're going to come right back after a few messages from our sponsors. You are listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is America's Web Radio. You're listening to Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B., and we're going to continue with our story from our CIA officer. Now, this was interesting because being in the CIA means he's probably operated outside of the country if he was doing anything illegally, which means he probably has seen things like this coup take place in other countries and seen the results and how people react. So after he he's forecasting that Trump will win a re-election in 2020, you know, barring any catastrophic failure on his part. And he said the left's reaction will become increasingly unhinged. And the danger is for we the people is the dark left, the dark left violence. As these indictments begin to come out and the players are called out on the violence, it's going to get very, very bad. There's going to be beatings, shootings, shootings at police officers, a lot of violence coming from the left. And he, Ship also urged Americans to exercise their Second Amendment rights in preparation for a violent attempt by the left to take over our Constitution and culture. Now, maybe that's a little extreme. I don't know that it would ever come to that. I would hope not. But hope Americans could vote people out rather than resorting to violence. But it's just a warning that was made, so it's something to consider. That's what I wish people would, uh, would, would remember today is you still have the power of the vote, which is still the greatest power, if we would just get informed and use it. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I forgot to introduce him earlier. That is Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor. He's sitting in today to help out. And I know you value his commentary. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> exactly. I now, have the comments to prove it. No. <laughs> okay, one more thing. We're going to do a quick one more legal issue here. The FBI releases a pro-Second Amendment statement and states the importance of armed citizens in America. That's funny. We actually discussed this on a previous show about how the Japanese did not invade America because they knew behind every blade of grass there was a gun and an American who knew how to use it. That's right. Proud of that. But they were going over some numbers here, and they're saying, okay, an active shooter incidents are defined by any incident involving one or more individuals who are actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill those within a populated area. Gang or drug-related shootings notwithstanding. So they take, they take drug-related shootings and gangsters out of the mix when it comes to active shooters or um, mass shooting, anything like that. And taking this into account, there were 50 active shooter incidents in 2016 and 17 combined, which leaves the question, is America safer when it's armed? And a recent investigation by the FBI in April showed that numerous incidents involving active shooters were the people who stopped them were people who had their own weapons. So basically, armed people can stop a mass shooting and turn it into a single shooting by being there to protect himself, herself, or those around him. Hey, an armed society is a polite society. 
Right. And they say in those 50 incidences, 10 of those incidents were safely and successfully ended the shootings by somebody intervening who either, with or without a weapon, intervened and, and took down the potential mass shooter. So it just goes to show you, people have the capability to defend themselves and defend their fellow Americans against these terrorists. And, I don't and they have the constitutional right. That's right. One of the only countries in the world where they have the right spelled out. It's only the Second Amendment. <laughs> so, I, you know, that's just another point there, Roger. And you just said it, too. Um, we're probably the only country that has a constitution written that limits the government, not the people. Right. That's so. pretty easy. But yeah. uh, it's funny because each one of the ten, the ten, the first ten amendments in the Bill of Rights clearly spell out the rights of the people that shall not be infringed upon by the government. They're individual rights. They're not rights the government has to give you or allow you to have. They are not mm-hmm. to be infringed upon by the no, government. That's the beauty of our Constitution that no other country has. We have inalienable rights. And anyone else, if you look at the countries throughout the world that has a constitution or anything like it, it's all prefaced that the government is giving you these rights. The United States is the only place where it's inalienable rights, and it is not the government that limits the people, but the people that limit the government. Now, granted, we've gotten away from that, and we need to get back to it, but, um, you know, it's it's true. Yeah, and it's just it's it's amazing to know that if you ha- you have the right to carry a gun, maybe you should exercise this right. Maybe it's something you should consider. I mean, the FBI is telling you you could stop a mass shooting if you had a weapon properly trained in its use. Or again, who's going to protect your family? Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court had ruled years ago that police are not responsible for protecting you if they're not there. I mean, you cannot sue the police department for not getting to your house quick enough to stop an incident, well, a robbery, a burglary. Well, what's the saying, Roger, when uh, seconds count? Cops are minutes away. Yeah. And there's, there's <laughs> never – I mean, that is such a true – and look, folks, if, if you've never been a victim of a crime um, – you, consider you, yourself lucky. Yeah, consider yourself lucky because you really don't know. I mean, if, if, if what would you do if there's somebody uh, smashing, trying to smash your door in at two a.m. in the morning? Uh, what would you do if someone approached you in an ATM and was started to threaten your life? Or I mean, you know, it, it's these things you think can't happen, but they do happen. Um, well, there's different ways that people react to that. The smashing your door at two a.m. in the morning. Okay, you have the non-gun owner. He's going to be freaking out, wet in his pants, panicking, trying to find a place to hide. Mm-hmm. And the gun owner's going to be like, I'm your huckleberry. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will, you know, if you come in and you're trying to break into my house, I'm going to give you a chance when you hear that 12 gauge rack. That is your chance, your one and only chance to turn around, do an about face, and get out. I will give you that chance. That is your single warning that, to that. admit, oh, I must have made a mistake. I must be in the wrong house. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I'll even accept your apology as you run away. Because everybody makes mistakes, and we're willing to admit it could have happened by accident. Exactly. Maybe you were too drunk to know where you were. That's fine. We don't want to shoot anybody who didn't deserve it. Exactly. Exactly. As a gun owner, that's right. I'm not going to shoot you unless you deserve it. That's right. But now you got to consider, okay, so some of you have guns at home. Some people carry guns all the time. Most people do not have a carry permit to carry a gun. And with all this violence potentially increasing over the next few years and the FBI telling you you're safer if you do have a gun, 
Is this something you should consider? Well, let's see. Okay. You have to consider many factors before doing this. It's not just buy a gun, stick it in your pocket, and off you go. You have to consider where do you work? How do you get there? Are you willing to possibly break rules to carry a weapon? Now, when I say rules, I don't mean laws. Because there are certain places, courthouses, government buildings, airports, stadiums, where the laws clearly say you cannot carry a weapon there. And I don't advocate breaking any laws. In fact, if you're a concealed carry permit, I expect you to be extremely careful to not break any laws. Because you're, you're, you're supposed to be a shining example of an outstanding citizen. And I would like this to be prevalent with all people who have a concealed carry permit. Be the exception. You know, that's 100% true, Roger. You know, we, we joke about how we speed and we, we might, uh, you know, go 57 miles an hour instead of 55 uh, on occasion. Uh, but when it comes to a gun permit and being, being a gun permit holder, when you, when you actually make the decision that yes, I'm going to, to enjoy the full extent of the Second Amendment, which is your right, your God-given right, uh, and go get a gun permit, then you are the example. You become part of a club. And if one, trust me, and, and Roger, you'll probably agree with me, if one gun-carrying permit or, or a person with a Permit, a permit holder. A permit holder create has commits a crime or does anything. What do you think the media is going to do? They're going to harp in on that. Oh, they're going to blame every single gun owner in the United States. They already do that. Well, they do. Just as when there, whenever there's a crime with a gun, just like the shooting the other day, all guns must be bad, and all people with guns must be bad. So, the if we give them a chance to go after gun permit holders, which they're going they're going after anyway, but we don't need to help that cause. So, um, you do need to be when you're carrying. That means no drinking when you go to the restaurant. Right. No drinking when you go to the bar. You have um, to be the shiny yeah. example of a law-abiding citizen. Absolutely, and you know, talking about. Gun permits, Roger. I recommend, even if somebody's out there and they're not sure they want to carry a gun, and not everybody should, and if you're afraid to carry, you don't have to, but I still recommend getting the permit because there are states and municipal governments all over the place that are trying to make it harder for people to get a gun permit because they want to make it harder for the Second Amendment to keep to continue getting support. And so if you're one of those out there who may not want to carry a gun, get your permit anyway. You don't, you don't have to carry it. Just it just helps because, ensure yeah. your rights for the future. Exactly. Absolutely. But then you have to consider, okay, and when I talk about breaking rules, I go, if you go into a place that has a no-gun sign posted outside, you go, now wait a minute. Does your company policy trounce my Second Amendment rights as an American citizen? Could they say, I'm not allowed to have free speech inside that establishment? I mean, where do you draw the line and stuff like this? And then that's something where, you know, without breaking the law, you can violate company policy if you feel like your rights trounce their company policy. If they're a business in the United States, shouldn't they allow you to exercise all your rights that are guaranteed to you by the Constitution? You know, that's a great point, Roger. I'll give an example. Uh, actually, let's go to our next break, Roger, and then I'll give my example. Yes, you're listening to Locked and Loaded. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded with my special guest co-host, Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor. They just can't get rid of me. (laughs) It's almost like I'm glued to the chair. Yeah, well, in this office, you might not want to say that so loud. <laughs> okay, so we were just getting into, okay, should I carry a weapon? What are the things you have to consider? Okay, so you're going to go into this. You see a sign outside, and you know it's just company policy, but you go, okay. You're going to look at the sign and go, okay, what kind of security do they have? How much of an inconvenience will it be to take this back to the car if the, if discovered? And you know what, Roger? Forgot about my example, but you just touched on it. There, there was a there's a restaurant here that used to have a sign on their doors. It's a wing place, a popular wing place. Oh, I know it well. Yes, and they used to uh, have a sign on the door that said uh, "Weapons are not allowed." Right, including no, but gun. it showed a picture of a Beretta, and I don't mm-hmm. carry a Beretta, so I figured it was okay. <laughs> exactly, which is why we continued to carry. And 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 what, to Roger's point, we don't want to, you to break rules or anything. Uh, but your Second Amendment trumps a company telling you you can't carry. So, but what I suggest. And what Roger and I both practice is if they come up and ask us to leave, we happily leave. And right. we don't have to spend Do not our cause dollars. Don't a confrontation. There. Don't right. argue with them. Don't try and right. argue constitutional mm-hmm. law. No, no, no. Just kindly say, okay, I was unaware. I didn't see the sign. Mm-hmm. Or the sign had a picture of Beretta, and I carry a Glock, I so carry I Glock. didn't think it applied to me. Right, and just have, be nice. You know, Roger and I always will tell you be nice until it's time not to be nice. That's but we'll right. let you know. Yeah, and when would you? When will that be? You won't know. You won't know. Okay, and then another thing: what about company policy where you work? Would you get fired if you carry at work, or you will you just be asked to take it out of the building? How far are you willing to go to exercise your Second Amendment right? That's something you have to make a personal decision on. I mean, I can't tell you to go get fired from your job because you want to carry a gun. That's that's something you're going to have to work out with you, your boss, your company policy. All that kind of stuff. We don't want you getting fired and becoming a unemployment statistics for the Democrat to uh, run wild with. Although it's really low right now. You can hardly, I don't think you can, if, you, if you're sitting and you're breathing, they can find you a job right now. The unemployment yeah. rate's the lowest it's been in, what, 50 years? Absolutely. It's uh, lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, lowest Hispanic rate ever, lowest black unemployment rate ever. I mean, it's an, uh, it's, it's right now, you've got to hide from a job. I think, yeah, I was going to say, the only people who can't find a job now are the people who are hiding from it. <laughs> okay, so let's say you've considered all these factors and you decide, okay, I'm going to get my carry permit. I may start trying to carry a gun. So, But you want to do it legally. 
Now, in most states, you have to get a carry permit. There are some states that have what they call constitutional carry, where you do not need a permit to carry, but you have to be careful. There are sometimes restrictions on this as far as whether it needs to be concealed or whether it can be open carry. For instance, in Texas, you're allowed to carry a gun with a permit. However, you may not have it exposed. It must be concealed, which means if you lean down in the Walmart to pick something up and your gun is showing, you could be in violation of the law. Now, I understand they're trying to change this because it's kind of archaic and it's not necessarily feasible. And for someone, you know, bending over to pick something up and showing a gun should not be a crime. Absolutely, especially in Texas where, you know, they're very You would think, yes, Texas is very gun-friendly. Okay, so you've decided to carry. You're going to go get your carry permit in this state. Now, even if they have constitutional carry, if they offer a permit, I highly recommend getting one. Even if you don't have to have it, if they offer one, get it. So when you go get this, you're going to have to get an FBI background check. They will get at least fingerprints and then send off your application to a complete extensive background check before you can get your permit. Now, some states have qualifications or a certain level of training or proficiency must be shown before the permit is issued. Sometimes they're just a classroom where you go over a few legal issues. Sometimes you actually have to show proficiency with the weapon in a live range. So... But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as long as they're willing to give you the permit. Any of these states who are a shall-issue state, which means you say you want one, you apply for it, they give it to you. That goes against the the shall-not-issue states, which are the same ones we keep harping on up in the Northeast (laughs) and those states out west. New Jersey, California. Right. And it's just ridiculous. violating the Second Amendment right. That's part of that compromise thing. You know, they, oh, we're not taking away your right to have a gun. We just won't let you carry it anywhere. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. But, yeah, you know, well, when if did the they... government made sense, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna we'd say. all be in a different boat. Yeah, no doubt. No okay, doubt. so you're going to go through this process. You're going to get your fingerprints done, get your FBI background check done, get whatever proficiency you need, which is kind of weird because you figure you want to get the proficiency after you get the gun and learn and learn to carry it. But here they want you to learn before you actually carry it, which is not terrible. So, And like I say, aside from non-issue states, which are the worst, obviously, because they will not give you one, Unless you, some of them will give you one as a May issue state. This is meaning if you can prove your need to carry one, they might give you a permit. If you say, well, I carry a lot of money late at night, I'm in a bad neighborhood, I know the mayor's son, you know, something to say I should get a gun permit, then you may be able to get one. So you jump through all the required hoops, you get your fingerprints, your permit comes in or is handed to you as you get it, then you have to decide how you want to carry this weapon. And you, you have to... You know, Roger, before you get into that, we got a listener question. Uh-oh. And that question is, what about state parks? So, you know, some state parks actually allow shooting in them. Now, I don't know if they allow concealed carry. A lot of them do, especially if they're dangerous animals and you're camping. They do allow that. But I believe each state park sets up their state rules differently than national parks so state park would be different than national park national park i'm not really sure about that i have to look that up i believe you are allowed to carry in most of them but there are restrictions on certain ones in certain states that's where state law and federal law tends to butt heads and they have differences of opinion imagine that (laughs) yeah Hmm. 
But so most people are going to carry a weapon directly on their person, which requires a holster. Now, where on your person is the next question, which will determine what type of holster you want to look for. Most weapons are probably carried around the waistline somewhere, either in the appendix, which is in the front, kind of between your hip bone and your navel. Now, me, I'm a little too girthy to carry one there, so I don't. Girthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm fat. But, uh, <laughs> another place is at the flat of your back, and the back, and that would require drawing uh, from a cross-draw holster, and you kind of tend to draw while you're point the gun at yourself during a, a draw. So this requires a lot of extra practice to get it done. The most commonly is probably on the hip. You do not want to pull the trigger when you draw. <laughs> yeah. Shoot yourself in the, in the buttocks. <laughs> it's been done. That's right. I saw not, not by one of us. I saw Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. But then you, a lot of things are going to determine where you're going to carry this gun. Your build, how you have to dress for work, what you wear when you're not working. And what do you do for work? Are you sitting down all day? Are you driving all day? Do you work outside climbing trees or running a lawnmower? I mean, you have to consider all these things when considering what kind of holster to get, where you're going to carry the gun. Now, a lot of times you can try, once you get your permit, you get your weapon you want to carry, you can decide, okay, let me try it a few different ways. Now, you'd have to buy a holster for each different way, or some holsters are actually convertible between different ways. They'll do on the side, they'll do in the front, they'll do in the back. But you don't want to have to buy 10 holsters to try 10 different ways to carry one. And then you have to decide, okay, when I'm buying clothes, you have to decide if, if it's going to be made for carry or not. Do you buy a bigger T-shirt that comes down a little further to cover your weapon? When you buy a suit, do you want to have it cut so you can have it cover your weapon better and not show it as much? And also, if you're wearing a jacket, you may want to carry on a shoulder rig, which is another thing. We'll get to that in a moment. And there's also ankle carry, which most people will use for a backup gun. However, an ankle carry is extremely comfortable, but is also one of the least accessible unless you're sitting down. If you're sitting in a restaurant, it's real easy for you to pick one leg up, pull that gun out without having to shuffle to get it out of your hip holster. Or falling backwards. No. Right, and also getting in and out of a car all day, if that whole, if, if the, you're carrying on your hip and it's not tightly secured or locked in place... I've seen this happen a multitude of times. People getting out of a car or truck, the seatbelt catches the gun, boom, pulls it out, drops it onto the parking lot, <laughs> or drops it into the floorboard of the car. And if you don't hear it, then you just gave away your gun. <laughs> right, or someone else doesn't go, excuse me, I think you dropped something. <laughs> yeah. And by this time, they might think you're a terrorist. And, you know, that's one reason why me personally, I choose, a, whatever holster I choose, I choose a... A locking holster where the gun will actually click when you put it in a holster. Right, or at least something that fits relatively snugly to where you'll notice. If it gets caught on something, it's going to pull you back down. Mm -hmm. That would make a difference. And then also, a lot of people don't wear belts, but if you're carrying a gun along your waist, you're going to have to wear a belt from here on out. So maybe it's time to go shopping. I don't know. And also, well, the ankle holster isn't good with shorts either. No, no. And I wear shorts all the time, so it doesn't work. But, you know, there are... Um, some holsters that um, you can put in your waistband, not necessarily just a belt. So even if you're not wearing right. a belt. Yeah. However, it, it depends. Even if you put it now, that's another thing. You want to go inside the waistband or mm -hmm. outside the waistband? Again, you know, it just depends on how your pants are cut. Do you have enough room to put a gun inside your pants, or do you have to wear it outside because your pants are a little snugger? Well, what can I say? But no, continue. 
<laughs> right. So it's just, I mean, it seems like just buy it, stick it in your waistband, and off you go. But you don't want to do that. You want to have a proper holster, especially with newer weapons that are what's called striker-fired, because a lot of them do not have an actual safety per se. They have safety features built in, but they don't have a manually operated separate safety. I so you I feel like we have to stop for a second and give an alert for all the Democrats out there, all the libtards, all the liberals who all the, they're about to go running for their cry closet or their safe space. We don't mean these guns are going to fire on their own. It's just that you have to take care with a weapon that doesn't have an actual safety button. Right. Anything can push a trigger. Exactly. You know, a pen, you know, a knitting needle, shove it down in the knitting bag without a holster on it and grandma shot a hole through the floor <laughs> she's lucky if that's all she shot a hole through <laughs> <laughs> exactly let's hope that nobody else is standing around now that would be another consideration man men and women well that's the two genders i'm going to discuss today other genders you'll have to let me know about maybe your clothing choices or something like that but men and women dress differently generally speaking Generally speaking. <laughs> Let's just assume that someone, we're not going to say man or woman, wants to wear a dress instead of pants and a shirt. They will have to carry differently. They will not be able to stick it in a waistband and a dress because there's nowhere to put it. Maybe a garter belt. Yeah, that would be interesting. Very interesting. Or maybe you want to carry it in your purse or a man bag. <laughs> hey, hey, I carry a man bag sometimes. And do you keep your gun in there? I, actually, I call it a gun bag. That's right. But, you know, you carry a separate bag with your weapon in it. That makes it easy to carry. Very easy to carry. It does. It does. And I do it because uh, there are times. you wear shorts all the time. Yeah, there are times when I'm wearing shorts with no pockets, and uh, I want to make sure I conceal. And, and, you know, Georgia, you can have a gun visible, but I choose not to because, to me, you know, I, I want to be able to help a situation and not become the target of the situation. Right. You don't want to be the first one a gunman says, ooh, let's take him out <laughs> first because he's got a gun. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you want to be the surprise rather than be surprised. Right. So I do carry a gun bag with my very easily accessible uh, firearm so that if someone ever did come up to me and say, hey, give me that bag, well, <laughs> sure, as soon as I take my gun. Let me get my wallet out and hand it to you exactly. as you shoot through the bottom of the bag into the bad guy. <laughs> exactly. The the element of surprise is extremely important. Mm-hmm. But that's something you go later on. First, we're just going to see how to carry this thing. Okay. So women will carry it in a purse usually or something to carry with them unless they're wearing jeans too, which they can carry it in a waistband or a variety of other places on their body, which I don't need to know all of those. And men can carry it in if they carry a bag with them or a briefcase. If they work somewhere, they could put it in a briefcase. Then they wouldn't have to worry about carrying it on their person. But then if you go to lunch, do you leave your briefcase sitting on your desk? Could anybody come in and steal the briefcase or pop it open? Now, some places are going to be much more secure than others, and you're not as likely to be worried. So, But then if you go out to lunch and something happens, your first thought is going to be, oh, crap. I left my gun in the office. Not exactly the kind of thing you want to have to have a last thought going through your head. I wish I had my gun with me. <laughs> now, the last thing I want to talk about is a shoulder rig. And this generally puts the weapon underneath your left or right arm, depending on whether you're left or right-handed. If you're right-handed, it's going to go underneath your left armpit. And this allows you to carry with a jacket on or a, a suit jacket or uh, just a weather jacket and you have to consider when you're carrying like this also, 
It requires a cross draw, but it's generally pretty safe because you never flag yourself or point at anybody other than in a forward direction. But you've got to realize if you're carrying concealed and you have a shoulder holster, you can't take your jacket off unless you want to show the weapon. So you have to consider the weather also. Are you going to be inside somewhere where it's going to be warm and you're going to want to take that jacket off? Who knows? So, but it's... There are lots of reasons, lots and lots of reasons we could go on and uh, on and on about carrying. And and again, I, I just it's not that everybody has to carry a weapon because again, there are some people out. I have some liberal friends that shouldn't be carrying a gun. No, and if you don't feel <laughs> so, comfortable doing it, by all means, don't do it. Right. Your comfort is the most important thing, and the fact that you're comfortable with it, knowing its capability. Not just being able to be comfortable wearing it as an accessory. That's right. We don't want any stray shots like. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving call timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move timothy around town movers in my opinion are the best that's around town movers Call them. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded with my special guest co-host, Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor. And I want to give a quick shout-out to a fellow Indian motorcycle rider who is tuning in today. Oh, fantastic. Does he have any questions? Uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know what's for dinner. It's not a question <laughs> I can answer right now. <laughs> More like what's for lunch. But anyway, so you're talking shoulder holster. You can wear it either vertically with a barrel pointed down, or you can wear it with a barrel pointed backwards. Either one requires a cross draw and requires you wear a jacket or a shirt or something covering it because there are a lot of straps that go across your back, over your shoulders to hold it in place. So that's something you have to consider. I mean, just try a bunch of different things or see, consider all these other factors before you decide how you're going to dress or how you're going to carry this gun. And when you first carry it, you're going to be extremely aware of it being there. You're going to constantly be touching it, feeling it, checking it, make sure it hasn't moved. And you kind of want to avoid something called printing. Printing is where someone can look at you and say, oh, you have a gun under your shirt there. You don't want it to be obvious, so you want to get clothes that will cover it and keep it concealed and make it less obvious. Now, this is a fun game to play. You go into a place with friends to a restaurant, a store, or whatever, and you look around. You, your situational awareness should always be on. You glance around. You see somebody with a bulge in their back or a bulge on their side. You go, hmm, wonder if that's a gun or some kind of insulin pump. 
But always be aware of seeing stuff like that, that that guy may have a gun, you know, and you see how good he's concealing it. Or if you see somebody who you know has one and you're looking at him trying to find it and you can't, that's concealed very well. Now, the thing about concealed carry is you have to be able to get to it when you need it. But first, we're going to get into a very important but not the most important thing, what kind of weapon to carry. In almost all cases, this is going to be a handgun of some sort because most people don't strap submachine guns, shotguns, or rifles under their long coats except in The Matrix or other movies. You mean big, scary, black assault guns? Under your long, black, scary leather coat? Sure, why not? (laughs) Oh, Hollywood. But, you know, I mean, if that became the norm, like I say, if... If you were in an end-of-the-world situation and you didn't care about concealment, then, yeah, you want to carry something accessible as possible. It doesn't matter if it shows or not, but that's a whole other thing we're not going to get into today. We're going to assume that smart people are still in charge of this country and we won't fall into complete chaos in the next election cycle. So you got to decide, okay. What kind of gun do you want to carry? A lot of this is going to be a matter of personal preference. It's going to be what you might have experience with, what a friend may recommend if you don't have a lot of experience with weapons. But in all, almost all cases, it's going to be a handgun of some sort. And this will, again, depend on your frame, where it's going to be carried, what kind of holster you've got, what kind of job and clothes you have to wear at this job in order to determine what kind of gun you want to carry. Maybe you want to carry different guns for different occasions. In the summertime, I know a lot of people carry a smaller weapon because it's easier to conceal. In the wintertime, if you're wearing a coat all the time or wearing a long sleeve shirt over a, a T-shirt, then boom, you can carry a little, you have a little more choices. Some people want to carry a weapon with an external manual safety on it. Which, if you don't carry in a holster, which I don't recommend at all, never should you carry without a holster. doesn't matter what kind of gun it is. But if you do, the manual safety is a better choice in that respect. Or some people just want to have that manual manipulation before they make the gun go live because they're not as comfortable with drawing and shooting from a holster. So, you know, that's something you have to learn also. But all of these are going to be based on experience or personal preference. And you can ask friends, but they're likely to give you their personal preference or experience that they've had and recommend the guns that they like. If they're really good and they know weapons well, they're going to recommend you go look at some. Put them in your hand. See how they feel. See how the sights will line up. They're not going to just recommend the thing that they carry first off and say, oh, yeah, I have one of these, so you should have one of these, too. Well, we have some friends that are like that. Of course. There's a lot of people who are opinionated with what they have is the best. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't buy it if you didn't think it was the best. And once you've bought it, you don't want to admit you made a mistake. That's right. I, I for one, love my Glock. But a lot of people, you know, Glock's just not pretty enough for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I like my Glocks. I like my 1911s. I like my... uh my Smith and Wesson. Okay, I like them all. I like them all. <laughs> you know, Roger. Another issue that that people will have to decide is when they decide to carry uh, beyond just the the gun type and the weapon, uh, the uh, holster type, is whether or not they want to carry uh, with a uh, bullet chambered, a round chambered. That was con- yeah, condition one. That would be condition yeah. one, bullet in the chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, safety on, but ready to fire. Right. You know, that's something, and depending on the type of gun you carry, if you have a manual safety, you may feel more comfortable, depending on what kind of holster you have. Like, I would well, never carry one with one loaded in the chamber and just drop it in my pocket. Right. Uh, but for those that may be listening, who may be new to the gun ownership thing, 
Um, maybe just go a little bit of detail, Roger, what you mean by a chambered round and a non-chambered round. Well, having, a, having lot a full people, magazine is one thing. Having right. a full magazine and one in the chamber means you pull the trigger, gun goes bang. Gun goes bang. And you'd be surprised at how many people do not understand that. So that's yeah. you know. We actually covered that a couple shows ago, the different conditions between condition one all the way down Perfect. to condition five and everything that goes along with that. But you can go back and listen to that again if you want to get that or look it up on the interwebs. You know what, Roger? They sure could. And all they need to do is go to YouTube, the America's Web Radio page. Okay. Like it, subscribe to it, and they can watch the show anytime. Got that. America's Web Radio on YouTube now. Hey, we're getting big time. Ooh, we do have a listener question now. Uh-oh. Let's go to, Let's go straight to the listener question. Uh, so, what about different firearms for different situations? One type of gun for going out with friends, another type maybe for traveling or going to a certain part of the city. Right. I mean, well, as like I said, weather permitting, certain guns are better than others. If you have a gun you're going to wear with different clothes, that makes a difference. And if you're going to be standing up a lot, you can wear something different than if you have to be sitting down all the time. I mean, I personally recommend several guns for every different occasion. Kind of like, you know, unfortunately with women you can't do that or men you can't do that. Women, I know you'd like to have a guy for every occasion, but it's not always the case. (laughs) But, um, you know, uh, another question from another listener here. Uh, Does size matter? Well, of course it does. You want, ideally, everybody would carry a rifle. That would be my number one choice. Carry a rifle with me everywhere. Well, right, and and beyond that, Roger, it even even when you get down to the bullet side, I mean, do you want to carry nine millimeter? Do you want to carry a nineteen eleven? Do you want to carry we're a three eighty? We're going to get into that in another show. Caliber ah, choice, and excellent capacity, and things like that. But first, I have to touch on this real well, quick. This is what's known as a teaser in the business. Ooh, I'm a tease. That's right. You are a tease now, Roger, officially. <laughs> But the most important, the most important, I can't stress this enough, the most important aspect of carrying a weapon is training. Most people who carry a weapon have never drawn and fired their weapon from the holster. One reason for this is most ranges will not allow you to do this. There are a few that do, but most will not allow you to draw your weapon from a holster and fire on their range. So you have to find a way to be able to do this. Now, if you own property or know somebody who does and can shoot, Start off carefully. Start off at home with no bullet in the chamber and check it three times to make sure. Practice your holster draw. Practice acquiring that sight picture, putting it back in the holster without your finger on the trigger. As I've seen someone who had a negligent discharge by having a finger on the trigger while going back into the holster. Practice these things. Bye-bye, big toe. Well, it was (laughs) a little perforation of the uh, right ass cheek, but ooh, can I say that? <laughs> sure. But he was fine, and you know, he, he learned a valuable lesson, and let me tell you, I was there and I saw it, and I learned a valuable lesson, because you know, they say the smartest people, smart people learn from their mistakes, the smartest people learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. So ideally, you want to find a place to be able to practice drawing your weapon, firing it with live ammo, and you have to find ranges that allow you to do this, or you can take training classes where they specifically will show you how to do this. Some ranges have what they call like a tactical shooting event, which is uh, not really, I won't call it a competition, because the only person you're really competing with is yourself. But they will set up different scenarios, maybe either in a house, in a nightclub, you know, going through a doorway, and you have to decide. You draw that weapon, go through the doorway, and decide what to shoot, what not to shoot. 
and almost all the good ones will have what they call no-shoot targets. These represent innocent bystanders who you do not want to shoot, but they will be mixed in with bad guys who you do want to shoot. And you have to make that decision as quickly as possible, but it must be right every single time. Mm -hmm. In fact, it would be better off to let a bad guy go and not shoot him than to shoot an innocent bystander. Right. Absolutely. You always have to be careful of that. And this takes time, and it takes training. You can't just throw the gun in the holster and walk out there thinking, I'm going to shoot anybody who comes up and asks me what time it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't do that. (laughs) Again, gun owners and carry permit holders must be the shining example of Mm -hmm. law-abiding citizenry. Training, 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 training. Now, what I'm going to try and do, yes, training. I mean, spend as much on training as you do on your gun, at least as much, and go as often as possible. Now, many of these shooting events, they have what they call tactical shooting events. Now, these are probably the most fun because they put you in scenarios that you would never be in normally in just standing there shooting paper at the range. They have targets. You go through doorways, go around corners, and come upon people. And they will show you certain things where here you have to know the difference between cover and concealment. Concealment means they can't see you. Cover means a bullet should not be able to penetrate it. And they'll give you exercises to practice, and they'll run you through these scenarios. And you try and do it as quickly as possible with as few misses as possible. Mm -hmm. And here you're talking about time-wise, so you're not really – you're competing against yourself to see if you can get a better time. And sometimes get to shoot through windshields. That's right. I've done that training. Yes, that was fun. Shooting through a windshield and remembering that a windshield is normally slanted, and the slant will affect which way the bullet goes on the other side of the windshield. If a guy's, if you come into your driveway and there's a guy standing there and he's pulling a shotgun out from his car and starts leveling, leveling it at you, you want to be able to pull that weapon out and shoot through the windshield before he comes around on target with that shotgun. And you have to remember, you're shooting from the inside of a of a car, generally the bullets are going to travel upward slightly. Mm-hmm. And it's traveling from the outside in, they're going to go downward slightly. That's yeah. assuming the windshield has a slant. Now, some cars like Jeeps and certain small vans have flat windshields, and it shouldn't affect it quite as much. Right. But these are the things. You should find training places that allow you to do various scenarios. Because the best gun control is hitting your target. Is having two hands on the weapon and not missing. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for listening to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B. and our special co-host, Victor Armendariz. Yes. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.